Lean forward slightly. Look straight at the speaker. And listen with a sparkle in your eye. As though you might be thinking, gee, this is the most wonderful thing I've ever heard in all my life. Live from Hollywood, California, this is So I Married a Movie Geek. Hello, everyone. This is So I Married a Movie Geek. I am Chrissy McQueen, and with me is the sick, but really slogging through it, and we are so proud of him and love him, Justin Winters. Yay! Oh, Justin, you you sound like you swallowed a goat. I've got a little bit of a cold. Yeah. Yeah. But you've been, you know, trudging through it pretty well all day. How do you feel? Um, I feel kind of crappy, but I'm okay. Okay, good. I'm I'm excited about Die Hard. Yes, we saw Die Hard last night, and not just regular Die Hard, but the five-star collection, Die Hard. That's what it says on the uh, DVD cover. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what is this in my hand? Yeah, the DVD cover is five-star collection. I'm not sure what makes it any better than the original, but... Oh, that's because it's got, like, two discs and commentary and all this... Extended scenes. All really? That, yeah. Was this a really big movie? This was a huge movie. I, I I still don't understand why you've never seen it. It's one of my favorite Christmas movies. Well, uh, this is, you know, the, the same discussion that we have every week is that if, if it came out in the 80s, I probably didn't see it because I was a little kid. And then by the time I was aware of movies, I saw whatever else came out thereafter. I didn't really go back in time. Uh, but Die Hard was like a seminal action film. Like it, it, it was released in 1988 and then there was... Tons of movies that came out afterwards where, like Speed, they were like, it's Die Hard on a bus. Or, you know. Oh, I could see that. It's, uh, what was another? It was like, Die Hard on a submarine. Like, everything, <laughs> everything, you know, it, it affected a lot of movies after that. See, I've, when I think of action movies, to be honest, I think of things like The Rock. Not like The Rock. Die Hard on, at Alcatraz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't mean The Rock as in Dwayne Johnson. Um, and I'm like, eh, I could do without. And you've never seen The Rock either. No, well, I've seen pieces of it. So, I've been trying to let you, uh, make you watch Die Hard for a long time. Why didn't you not want to watch it? I resisted because I felt like there were so many other movies that I would prefer to see first. Not that I am diametrically opposed to seeing Die Hard. But honestly, I had uh, a loose at best understanding of what this movie was about. I knew it was an action movie, but that's about it. That's it? Yeah, and it had Bruce Willis in it. Wow. That's really all I knew. And I kind of expected there to be more like fighting, like boom, and blood, and we're macho men, we're going to beat each other up and stuff. Like, that's kind of what I expected. Macho, macho (laughs) man, we're going to beat each other and stuff. (laughs) <laughs> is that how they sing it? Yes. Okay. It's kind of what I expected, and I was like, meh, I could do that. Wow. I didn't expect there to be much of a plot. Really? Yeah. Well. And I was wrong. Surprise. There is a plot. And it was good. Y- you know, you mentioned earlier um, that movies like Speed kind of borrowed from this, let's say. Uh, not as much. I-, I guess some of them might have borrowed, but I guess... It- it was just so big of a film, mm-hmm. and so uh, uh, it just 
took over the consciousness of America that a lot of action films afterwards are like, oh, it's just die hard on a blah, blah, blah. But you weren't far off with your, um, you know, allegory here to speed. Like, I, I yeah, I don't know. I, I, was, I was like, wait, allegory? No. On a monopoeil? No. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with me. I haven't been sleeping. Uh, nonetheless, your, what is it? Um, illusion. There you go. Mm-hmm. Illusion. Uh, because Speed was a great movie, too. For its time, it's not going to be, you know, in the well, AFI top 100 movies of all time. It damn well should. I know. You didn't have to You didn't have to put a disclaimer like that. I love Speed. Oh, good. I'm glad. Because some people, when they hear Speed, they're like, really, Chrissy? Really? No. When you, have to, when you talk to me about Speed 2 and how much you loved it, <laughs> that's when I go, really, Chrissy? Really? <laughs> no, 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 no. You love Speed 2. You told me about it one time. Okay, I need to explain in a very quick digression why I enjoy, not love, but enjoy Speed 2. First of all, whenever you love any first movie, I mean, you hope they don't F up the sequel, but when you're young, even if they do F up the sequel, you're like, that's okay, because you just love the characters and the whole premise so much. So I didn't really care that they had just ripped off the same premise and put it on a boat without Keanu Reeves. I was like, this is fun, Sandra Bullock, Speed, woo! So there was that. And this was right around the time of Titanic, too. And I was like, another boat movie! Whoa. That's terrible. Honestly. Honestly. That's that's really what it was. I was like, another boat movie with a cute guy! This is great! Yay! Speed 2! In retrospect, that was a mistake. <laughs> What's she doing? Oh, I was just looking at the box. Because it's shiny. So, overall... Mm-hmm. In like a 30 second blurb, what what did you think about Die Hard? Hmm. I, I liked Bruce Willis much more than I thought I would. It's not that I don't enjoy Bruce Willis in most movies. It's just that he's kind of a, well, he's there. Well, he's kind of gotten old. That too. I think he's gotten a, a bored with some of his roles. And you can tell when you watch the movie. That's but, true. But Die Hard was like the, Die Hard was the Bruce Willis movie. That's the movie that catapulted him into movie star fame. I mean, he, he did Moonlighting, and then I guess for Moonlighting, he got Die Hard. And everyone who knew him from Moonlighting was like, whoa, like this is pretty cool. Bruce, what's up? Bruce. Well, you know what was really weird is that, in the, I said this in the first 10 minutes, and you looked at me skeptically. Bruce Willis in this movie resembled somebody I dated for all of two seconds. And so it was just kind of a weird thing where I was like, Oh, wow, he looks like that guy. Now I'm really thrown off because I'm thinking about that guy. And I was wondering, towards the end, I was like, I wonder, you know, because we see how Bruce Willis aged. <laughs> I'm like, I wonder if that guy I dated for two seconds is going to end up looking like that. I don't think he's aged that horribly. He just <laughs> lost it. He doesn't have any hair anymore. That's pretty much it. I guess. I mean, for, I mean, it's got to be close to... 60? Close to 60. He's looking... Not bad. His body's probably pretty good. I think he's got a little bit of Sharpay face going on. Sharpay face. Yeah. Well, he's got the, like, the brow thing yeah. going on. So. Yeah, brow furrowing, but without the actual hair that implies a brow. So, hence Sharpay face. It's more just like, you know. No, I don't mean wrinkles as in, like, fine lines. I mean, like, Sharpay face. Oh, angry. Okay. Would you say that Die Hard is now your favorite Bruce Willis movie? Uh, it's either that or what, Armageddon? I don't really know many other... Armageddon, okay. Armageddon was a good one. Um, <laughs> I can't remember, to be honest. I know he's done a whole bunch of stuff. I know I've seen him do a whole bunch of stuff, but I can't remember what else he's been in. Okay. 
But uh, Bruce Willis aside, there was another, um, well, now I was going to say actress, but now we all say actor regardless of gender. Another actor in this movie whom I enjoyed. Uh, the mom from Parenthood. What's her name? <laughs> because of the beat. Yeah, we could just call her the mom from Parenthood. <laughs> Come on. Bonnie Bedelia? There you go. I was going to call her like Amelia Bedelia, but that's a book character, so never mind. It is a book character, it's true. Yeah. But uh, Bonnie, it was funny, when she first came on screen, I thought, I know that voice. How do I know that voice? And I was like tugging your sleeve and asking you, and you looked at me like I was crazy. Kind of like how you're looking at me now. Mm-hmm. Anyway. I said she's in Parenthood. And she was awesome. Okay. There you go. <laughs> Is that it? Oh, and the other guy. Alan Rickman. Aren't you glad I remembered his name? No, okay. <laughs> Time out. This is how it went. So, Alan Rickman, who is one of my favorite actors of all time, um, he's been on screen for like 10 minutes. <laughs> and this is how it usually happens with Chrissy. He's been on screen for 10 minutes, and then she goes, Is that the bad guy from Harry Potter? <laughs> and I laughed, and then I was like, Oh. That's how he's going to be forever known as the bad guy from Harry Potter. Wait a minute. Not that, not that I don't like him in Harry Potter as Snape. He's very good. But it's just taken him so long to make – I mean, he's been in all of them. So that's taken like a good chunk of his you Fair. know, career being in these Harry Potter movies where I think he, you know, he could have done some more uh, – he needs to do another one like this where he's like the ultra bad guy but he's slick about it. He's great in this movie. He is fantastic in this movie. I actually think he makes a movie in a way more than Bruce Willis, which is saying something. He, he's actually, uh, you know, widely thought of by people as like one of the best action villains of all time. Hans Gruber, playing Hans Gruber. I need to have a little disclaimer on my Alan Rickman, <laughs> is that the guy from Harry Potter thing? Just so you know. I'm surprised that she's, you've only seen one Harry Potter movie. Well, that's my disclaimer. It's not like I am a Harry Potter fan and I've read all the books and I've seen all the movies. So, you know, that would be somewhat unforgivable if I saw him then in this movie and then went, oh, wait a minute, it's that guy from Harry Potter. After like 10 minutes. Oh, why do you have that voice? No, I'm saying that would be unforgivable if I were stupid like that, you know, after having seen all seven Harry Potter movies or however many there have been, you know, and then to say that. But the fact is, I've only seen one Harry Potter, and it was the first one, and I didn't even see it in the theater. I saw it with Alexis in her living room, and we were probably distracted eating or making something. So, Alexis is a friend of yours. She's a very good friend. She's my one of my besties. Okay. So, that being said, it's... Now I feel a little bit better that, you know, it only took me 10 minutes to say, hey, it's the guy from Harry Potter. But his voice is what did it for me. He didn't look anything. I mean, he's got a very um, distinct uh, nose. That's like his feature. A bulbous nose. Yes. And and it's distinctive. So after I kind of registered with the voice, like, oh, that's that guy. Then, you know, Alan Rickman. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But what else has he been in that I would know him from? Because his voice is so familiar. Well, he was in Love Actually, which, yeah. which you say you, you love that movie. But you're like, I've only seen it one and a half times. Yep, but I love it. Okay. But what else has he been in? Uh, he was in Dogma. Did you see Dogma? I, love, I saw Dogma. I loved yeah. Dogma. He was in Dogma. Oh, who was he? Uh, who Wasn't he an archangel? I can't remember. I haven't seen Dogma forever yeah, as well. But... 
Alan Rickman, if you ever listen to this podcast, please forgive me for being blonde and airheady because I enjoy you. And from what little I've seen of you, I think you're great. There you go. There you go. Ta-da. You get my thumbs up. Okay. Yeah. All right. I was going to say to you um, when we were watching it, let's say that you were in Bruce Willis's position. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, my. Thanks, Jeff Peterson. Well, number one, it would have a different name because it probably wouldn't be Die Hard. It'd probably be Die Very Softly. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that, that was going to be... Because Bruce Willis is hard, and I'm, you know, a little, like... Soft pil- around the edges? Pillsbury Doughboy-ish. No, you're not Pillsbury Doughboy-ish. <laughs> you want to touch... Do it. Let me see. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're just, you know, you're just a little soft around the edges. Doughboy implies that you're, like, you know, fluff. Like, you're, like, the guy from Ghostbusters. Marshmallow guy. <laughs> Puff Man? Yes. Puff, Puff Daddy? Puff Man. Yes, giant Puff Daddy. <laughs> the villain of Ghostbusters 1, Puff Daddy. How did he get in that movie? He was he must have been like a teenager. And he was only Sean Puffy Combs back then. What happened? Um am no. I am I a cop? Um no, for the sake of this argument. <laughs> you are not a cop, but you have found yourself in this position. And let's just say, just because we want to make it fun, okay. it's not at the big Yamaguchi Tower, Origami Tower. <laughs> origami Tower. <laughs> yeah. Let's say it's, let's say it's not I'm there. Not, I'm not even going to correct you on that one. <laughs> let's say, because we have to keep this as real as possible, and it's like somewhere that I have worked, let's say it's my gym. <laughs> what? <laughs> and, there, there, there's only one story. That you know of. Okay. And you are in the bathroom, and we all get taken hostage at my gym. Mm-hmm. And you have no shoes. I have no shoes. <laughs> and you're not a cop. And I'm not a cop. I'm just me. <laughs> I'm definitely dead. <laughs> Without a doubt. And go! <laughs> Although, my, you know, experience in the Call of Duty games. Oh, yeah. If I had a gun... You know, yeah, it'd be on like Donkey Kong. I mean, he's moved up from like being number six in the world to easily number five or maybe even four. <laughs> so, yeah, that'd be a lesson to all of you who plan on holding a sausage at my gym. Justin's coming for you as long as he has a gun. If not, then we have some problems. I don't know how I would have done in if, if the reverse were true. I'm not sure how I would handle this situation in Bruce Willis's role. I probably would have just climbed up on the roof and made a ruckus until somebody noticed me. Well, yeah. That's pretty much it. Definitely. Well, yeah. there's definitely logic leaps during this movie. I mean, it, during Christmas time, L.A. does get kind of quiet. A lot of people go home, you know, because they're transplants. But it's not that quiet that no, n- no one hears machine guns going off all the time, like on the roof. And this was a loud, loud movie. Yeah. And, and, and not only that, as far as, you know, you were saying that transplants and the going home, we have a very diverse population and not everyone here celebrates Christmas. Many people either celebrate Hanukkah or don't celebrate at all or do something different. So, you know, a lot of things are 
open even. They were acting like the whole building was, you know, shut off and nobody was there except for, you know, like that one security guy. And let's talk about that for a second. If you've got a big building like that, you have one security guy, one sitting back there and he's, you know, complacent about the whole thing anyway. And that's why he got easily shot in the head. Since when? That was dumb. I mean, big buildings, you have like two or three security people at like every corner. You have golf cart security. Golf cart security? Golf cart security. Not in a high rise, I don't think. They had a circle drive. A circle drive? (laughs) Yes. So he just goes around and around the building in his golf cart? Yes. Okay. That's how I envisioned it. If I ever have my own high rise building, I'll be like, dude. We need a golf cart security guy to go round and round and round. Or a moat with dragons in it. If you ever have an origami tower, this is what you have to do. Well, the thing about origami towers is they blow over easily. (laughs) If I was a terrorist, I would just, you know, get some fans and just high-powered fans and just blow the whole thing over. That's another thing. I take issue with them being called terrorists. Because well, they they took issue with that too. Yeah, yeah. I, and I was with them on that because <laughs> like, what? Well, the, really, I mean, the only thing that they did that you know fit the definition was that they took hostages. That's it. Not only that, they took hostages during a Christmas party. Like, How dare they? Who does that? They should have waited. Like I, I have a Christmas party coming up this week, and I hope terrorists don't take over that. I'm already. I've got some anxiety about it because of watching this movie. So note to self, if you are a terrorist, please leave Paramount alone. Please, because... What? Don't tell tell them where I am. They, well, they don't know that the party's necessarily going to be there. Maybe it won't be. Maybe it'll be somewhere fancy. We don't know. Could be anywhere. Could be at Origami Tower. I hope it's not. <laughs> it's you're, not origami tower is not structurally sound. I think you're too big to fit an origami tower, and that's really the problem here. I think I'm too big to be in Bruce Willis's. I was about to say shoes, but he didn't have any. He didn't have any shoes. And his wife beater went from white to like army olive green really fast. I mean, I've been fine with a wife beater, but walking around in bare feet that would I would that would have gotten old to me. Because <laughs> that's what you're really thinking about as you're trudging around all these floors and climbing through like vents and using ropes. You're not thinking, crap, I'm going to die. My wife is going to die. All these people are going to die. You're going to be like, they're not wearing shoes. I, mean, I would have been like Larry David in the situation to be like, wear 14 size shoes. And I, where am I going to find these shoes? But I love that you're just like, this has gotten old. Not even like, God, I wish I had some shoes so I could be a better ninja. No, you're like, shoes. Bare feet have gotten old. True. Um, yes. We actually drove by the uh, origami uh, <laughs> origami tower. The real, the real one, one. The real one where this movie was, I think it's the real one. No, I'm pretty sure. I craned my neck around to look as we drove to and fro. Fox Plaza. Yeah. And... and it- it was, didn't look blown up on the top. No, and I was really confused at the time, you guys, because we were trying to go to Fox Studios to watch a, a screening of Black Swan that unfortunately was totally overbooked and we didn't get to see. Not the point. Justin had told me, in all fairness, like a long time ago, as we go down Avenue of Stars, you are eventually going to make a right on Pico. And I was like, Pico, I could do that. 
So we're going down Avenue of the Stars, and I'm kind of like, do 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 do, driving Miss Daisy. I'm a little bit of an airhead because I'm not sleeping. And then Justin's like, hey, mumble, 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 Fox Plaza. And he pointed. And in retrospect, I realize now he was pointing out that Fox Plaza was really Nagasaki, Naga, yeah, whatever, <laughs> tower from last night. But in my haze, when he was like, blah, 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 Charlie Brown's teacher, Fox Tower, I went, oh, that's where I have to turn. And I tried turning, and he was like, what are you doing? So that's my story. Another, another example of you filtering out 75% of what I say and getting really confused. You mumble a lot. What? I don't think it was mumbling as I don't have a voice right now, pretty mm-hmm. much. Very convenient today. Here, Here's what happened, guys. The, um, the cast of Glee got tonsillitis this week, and I think they gave it to me. I shouldn't have made out with all of them. That was a mistake. Typical Justin. A mistake. Typical Justin. Who was the best kisser? The guy in the wheelchair. Oh, yeah. Artie? Oh, yeah. Oh, show. No. I, I just got sick. Next to graduate to the cast of Community. There you go. I know. Okay. Kind of jealous. Yeah, I don't have tonsillitis yet. Uh-oh. Wood. No. Knocking on wood. I feel better. So what was your favorite scene in uh, Die Hard? You see, you know what's funny is that I knew you were going to ask me that because that's one of our, you know, questions we always go through. And... Can I just tell you, most of the time, because I know that question is coming, I get huge anxiety because I'm like, crap, I have to figure out what my favorite scene is in, in some movies <laughs> to be, oh, that's Maggie, by the way, and she's being a good guard dog. But Maggie, shush, we're doing a podcast. Keep the terrorist away. Mommy's doing a podcast. Uh, in certain movies, I'm always like, oh, I don't really have a favorite scene, but I have to pick one because I know just someone's going to ask me. But in this one, I had two. Uh-oh. I know. Okay. Uh, the first one was after, like, one of the first conversations that Bruce Willis has with Alan Rickman, or at least I think, and then there's, like, a fight, and then he says his signature catchphrase that I can't repeat on this podcast. Yeah, you can. Just change it up. Yippee-ki-yay, Mother Trucker? Is that the one you're talking about? Yeah, that one. Exactly. You didn't know that was that came from this movie? No. And I, I think if somebody asked me, I could probably figure it out. I'd Google search it. But... Anybody can figure it out that way. <laughs> Shush. Not if you don't have Google. Who doesn't have Google? My today? mom could not figure it out. Your mama couldn't figure it out. But your mom I bet your mom's even seen Die Hard and you I, have it. I don't know about that. Although I have to also apologize because I didn't realize that there were more diehards than just this one because I was I was like, Die Hard with a vengeance, really? And then I was like, no, wait a minute, this is just regular Die Hard. Yeah, we're going to have to make you watch those as well. Yeah. So, yippee was one of my favorites. Just him saying that line. That was your, one of your favorite scenes? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Because I was like, yeah, that's what that is. I, mean, I know what that's from now. You're so... Rube. <laughs> what? You're like, yeah, I know that line. That's my favorite scene. Shut up. I've and heard then, that before. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, oh, the scene with the douchebag. When he walks into uh, the offices, because the guy who does coke, um, one of their co-workers, <laughs> openly doing coke, and is like... Yeah, the cokehead guy. Yeah, I know, because, you know, I I eat these Euro trash guys for lunch, and then, or breakfast, and he goes into the <laughs> office. That's what he said. And then he's like, I can talk to this guy. Hey, baby. da 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 And, you know, treating him like a Wall Street douchebag only can. And it was just like, oh, somebody. I, I really hope he doesn't live 
through the end of the scene. I really want to see him die. Well, you knew he was going to eat it when you saw... I mean, he had, like, the... He was doomed. The beardy thing going on. The beardy thing? As opposed to a beard and a mustache? Like, a, almost Keanu Reeves-ish beardy thing going on. He was a douche. He was a douche. But did you know what? who wasn't a douche? Who? And who is one of the, like... There's, like, Bruce Willis as hero. Mm-hmm. And then right underneath him... Carl Winslow from Family Matters. Yeah! I love him. He was awesome. Rich, original. It's a wreck, did she? No. Now this day and age. Me and good news on newspaper page. Love and tradition. I think uh, Die Hard, his, <laughs> his inclusion in the Die Hard films led me into Family Matters, and that's, you know... That was it. Grand design. May I just say that I don't think I've ever seen Reginald Val Johnson play anything or anyone other than a cop. Why would he need to? <laughs> He's like the best cop ever. <laughs> I mean, he was a cop in this. Obviously, he was a cop in Family Matters in Chicago. But I, I think I've seen him in a couple other things, too, because he's one of those people when he pops up in things, you're like, oh, oh, that for Family Matters. And so I think that in truly every project I've seen him in, he's been a cop. I wonder what else he's been a cop in, because I know I've seen him. What could it have been? I don't know. I kind of want to just write a cop movie just so he could be in it. He's got to be old, too, now, though. I so, wonder. It's okay. I'm sure he's still got it. Oh, God, I hope he's still alive and that we're not saying this. It turns out that he's dead. No, he's still alive. I saw him in something recently, I think. Okay, good. I feel better because sometimes, you know, that can happen. Anyway, yeah, I agree with you. I thought of him as being Carl Winslow the entire time. I couldn't I couldn't even remember his name half the time. I think it was Al. Well, it was good that John McClane, Bruce Willis's character, had Carl Winslow on the ground because he was the only sane person on the ground. The rest of the police... The FBI were, like, straight out Bumbling of... Bumbling idiots. Dumbsville, pretty much. No, and actually, a um, little historical L.A. factoid for you here. They, it was somewhat, unfortunately, accurate as far as the portrayal of the LAPD in the late 80s and early 90s. Really? Yeah. We had some real police issues back then. Um as evidenced by what happened in the 1992 riots and actually going further, what led to the 1992 riots. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, we had some work to do back then and watching this, I was like, yep, yeah, LAPD sucks or sucked. Maybe not anymore, but back then for sure, that wasn't exactly like a bumbling impression. That was somewhat real. Okay. Yeah. I know. But yeah, Carl Winslow for the win. For the win. For the win, dude. He he saved the day pretty much in the end, so. Yeah, what happened though? I noticed after his car, like, you know. You thought he was dead when. Faked uh, out there. When the, uh, when he first came and he was about to leave and. The I dead guess, body, like, came down on his car. Yeah, Bruce Willis threw a dead body onto his car. And then they started shooting at him and he, like, backed. He got like, stuck off, in reverse. Backed off, like, a ramp or something, right? And you're yeah, like, you're like okay, real. he's dead. You thought he was dead? I don't think I thought he was dead. Um, but I was like, oh. So I thought, oh, this is the, you know, the one shining chance that Bruce Willis really kind of had. And after that, I thought it was blown. But we, we might not hear from him. But he just kicked that door open and came out with a bloody face and was like, hell, it's on! And then he went back. And But what happened to his bloody face? Like, he was bleeding from his face. And then for the rest of the movie, he looked fine. 
He just wiped it off, man. That's what he does. Carl Winslow for the win. <laughs> He's like, there's, 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 there's work to be done. This is true. He was Bruce Willis's buddy. It was, it was Carl Winslow, and then um, the the limo driver Argyle was kind of his buddy, but Argyle just like. He was in, like, the basement for, like, hours just chilling. Argyle made me so mad. Chilling with that bear. Yeah, I was like, well, does he not realize that my, there might be a problem now? But then maybe because I'm not, you know, one who frequents limos all the time, I just don't understand the trade. And maybe that's what happens. Like, they know, like, their their master is going what? upstairs. That was the most racist thing ever. What? Did you just say your masta? Master, but with an English accent. <laughs> okay, whatever. What? Master. Well, yeah, like it's not as master. No, but like butlers say that all the time. I don't care what race they are, but you know, like butlers are like, yes, master. That sounded like Mr. Belvedere. Exactly. <laughs> That's the whole point. People who if it would have been Mr. Belvedere, he would have been like, <laughs> okay, I've been down in this limo for thirty minutes. I haven't heard from McLean. I'm going up. No, Pack, the, packing this bear. The point I'm trying to make is that people who are often put in a position of servitude, whether they should be or shouldn't be, I I don't like the idea personally. But they they say things like that, and they try to be all about it. But not but not this guy. He was like, "What's up? Get my front seat. I haven't done this before." It was it was his first day. It was his first day. But then here's my question. Did uh-huh. he wait so long in the backseat because he was like, oh, yeah, John McClane getting some, woo, and, like, didn't want to interrupt? Or is is that, like, the limo driver packed? Like, you just wait like a dog until you're told. Well, he, it was his first day, and he was chilling with that bear, and he had the music pumping. He was calling his girl on the phone, like, hey, girl. Hey, girl. Guess what? I'm in Origami Plaza. <laughs> chilling with this big stuff bear. I have a car phone. How cool is that? Yeah, he's like, I had a, I have a late eighties car phone. My dad had a car phone, and I thought it was the. Your dad had a car phone. Yeah. (sighs) Shush! And my grandmother had one too, and I thought they were like the coolest things in the world. I was that kid who always wanted to touch things that I shouldn't. Mm Mm-hmm. No. Yeah, you did. Stop it. Touch it all you like. Stop it. Um, I'm talking about things that I always. My my uh, parents joked that I was going to grow up and be a little engineer because I always wanted to, um, <coughs> and a break for a cough. Excuse I, me. That's cool. I always wanted to like monkey with things my grandmother would say. She would always be like, don't monkey with that in her French accent that I can't quite repeat. But yeah, yeah, it was always my thing. Like I'd touch the stove, not like to burn myself, but like the dials, I wanted to play with them. You, and you still do that today. The sprinklers. I always wanted to play with the sprinkler heads and see what they did. And she was like, don't monkey with that. So, what? what was the point of the story? I have no idea. Where did we start? Don't look at the back. No, where did we start? Mr. Belvedere? No, it was after that. Oh, car phones. Car, what, why, so, are you, why are you talking about car phones? Because car phones were one of those things that I always wanted to touch, and they'd have to, like, you know, gently kind of smack my hand away and be like, don't monkey with that. And you, so. I mean, do you realize that if they actually had cell phones in this movie? It would have been a lot easier. Well, it couldn't have worked nowadays. Why? They would have had to do, like, some sort of Dark Knight thing, you know, where they eliminate cell phones and all their possibilities. Oh. Europeans, man. I know. But did you have, um, did anyone in your family have a car phone? And if not, were you fascinated by them? Are you you talking about at the time of Die Hard? Yeah, like in the 80s. Yeah, early 90s. Um, Yeah. 
My dad, my dad had a car phone. I didn't like, I, I was like, uh, uh, just, well, just wait, just wait. I didn't even have a cell phone until I got to, um, until I got out of college. Really? Yeah. Cause I hated, I just like, I just hated cell phones. I was like, dude, come talk to me. Did you have a pager? No. What? No, I hated pagers too. I think I got my pager when I was 14, maybe 13, but I think 14. Uh, it was really, you know, when you live in L.A. and it's so spread out and you literally have to drive everywhere, it was a good way for my mom and I to keep in touch, you know, like, you know, we knew pager code and, like, I could tell her what time to come get me or, you know, things like that. So that really helped. Uh, and then when I was 16, I did have a phone. I wanted, like, a Dick Tracy, like, watch phone. That would have been cool, but... <laughs> a Dick Tracy watch phone. Yeah. How do you feel about giving kids uh, phones while we're on the subject of all this? Depends on how old they are. Six. Yeah, way too young. What about those ones that are um, made like literally just for kids? Not ones that don't even necessarily know. Like how a to fake read one yet? that doesn't even use, that doesn't even work. Oh no no no! You can buy these. Pre- I've seen them. You can buy them prepaid at Target. They're like little and blue, and there's like a green button with a woman in a dress indicating mom, and there's a red one indicating dad, and that's all it does is call either mom or dad because you pre-program the phone numbers and it's for emergencies. No, too young. Really? Yeah. I would get my kid that because it's prepaid and it only calls mom or dad. That's it. Why do they need a, 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 cell, a cell phone at that age? In case there's an emergency. Well, they're too young. They, they would think that an emergency is, you know, somebody, you know, hit them at school on the head. Well, the good news is that... They would be calling you all the time. Not necessarily. I, I think that our kids would be smart enough to know the difference between emergency and non-emergency. Let, and let, them, be, let them be a kid, man. They, like, they can be a kid. I they, they don't need a cell phone at six years old. Uh, no, I agree. They don't need a regular cell phone, but the kind that almost looks like a walkie-talkie that only connects to mom or dad, I think that's fine. Just give them a walkie-talkie then. What if you're too far? You're out of a two-mile radius. <laughs> that's a bad idea. I disagree. Well, there you go. Weigh in on this, people. I want to know what you think. Way too young for cell phones. Again, not a traditional cell phone. It's like a prepaid emergency thing. So it's not even like they have minutes they can go over and, wow, too bad that little Johnny didn't know the difference between emergency and I want more peanut butter and jelly sandwich, mom, because now we have a $600 phone They lose it. It's way, it'd be easily lost. You lose stuff all the time and, you you know, you're how old? Doesn't matter. (laughs) I used to, my dad used to make me write standards that said, I will not leave my sweater on the yard. All right. Back to Die Hard. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Die Hard. So this is not With a Vengeance. Was With a Vengeance the second one? Uh, no, that's the third one. The second one was Die Die Harder. Die Harder? Yeah. Are you kidding me? No, I'm not kidding. Worst title for a movie ever. Die Uh, Harder? So it was Die Hard. Die Hard 2 was... Not as good. You mean Die Harder? Die Hard 2, Die Harder. That oh, was the name of the movie. Got it. And then 3 was Die Hard with a Vengeance. Die Hard 2 was at an airport. Die Hard 3 was in New York City with Samuel L. Jackson. Oh. And then um, the fourth one sucked. And it was PG-13, which... Took everything away. Yeah. People would get shot and, like, nothing would come out of their body. <laughs> like, it no blood. Took the kangaroo balls out of it. They were Bloodless. So then here is my question. There have only been four, because I thought that just a couple years ago, didn't he like do another one, even though he was all old and stuff? That's the one that sucked. With, oh. Uh, Justin Long was in it. His, um, 
I've wiped it from my memory. I think his, <laughs> da- his daughter has grown up. It was just stupid. It was... But he, he wants to do another one. He wants to do a five now. Are you I'm, kidding me? I think a five will be coming out in the next couple of years. No. Well, it's his, like, signature role, you know? It's like, you know how uh, uh, Sylvester Stallone had, like, Rambo, yeah, yeah, yeah. Rocky. Die Hard is Bruce Willis. That's, you know... Yeah, but Keanu Reeves in Speed, and he hasn't done any more Speed movies. He's moved on. Well, good for him that he didn't do Speed 2, man, because he, he yeah. dodged a bullet there. That's true. You're right. So, you've seen them all, I assume. Uh-huh. Which one is the best one? I told you, the first one's the best. It's it's like a sliding scale. The, the first one's the best. The second one's not as good, but still okay. It's a pretty good movie. Third one, nah. Oh, Fourth I thought you one were, sucks. I thought you were saying that the first one was really good, the second one, no, the third one was good again. I thought you were saying it went, like, up, down. It'd be, like, A, B, C, D, pretty much. Oh. Yeah. Well, that's a shame. I think the second one's really, I think you'd like the second one. It's pretty good. It's at an airport. It's at an airport? Yeah. It's still in L.A.? I think he's in L.A., yeah. Are they still married? Um, yeah. Well, they're estranged in this one. They were still married right. in this one. Right. Yeah. So are they non-estranged in the second one? I'm not going to tell you the whole movie. That's why you have to watch it. Oh, come on. <laughs> That's your reason for wanting to watch it. Are they still married? No, I don't really care. Marriage hard. <laughs> you, sound like, you sound like Phil Hartman's Frankenstein. Marriage hard. Oh. What? Phil Hartman. I know. I love him and it makes me sad that he's gone too, but it also makes me happy to quote his work. He's mm. fabulous. Marriage Hard. I would like to hear him as the caveman say the names of all of these movies. Die Hard 2. Die Harder. No? Joel Siegel of Good Morning America thought it was heart-stopping. Really? Yeah. You think it was heart-stopping? Um, okay, hyperbole and a half. I, I would not say that it's heart-stopping. Mm-hmm. Maybe palpitations-y? Palpitations-y. Okay. That should be on the cover in an exclamation point. Chrissy Winters. I thought it was palpitations. Not even I thought it was. It should just be one quote. Palpitations-y! Exclamation. If we ever meet Bruce Willis, you can tell him that she thought thought it was that way. I will. I will say, Bruce Willis, it's nice to meet you. Do you know what I thought Die Hard was? And he'll be like, what? I'm going to compliment him on being hot and fabulous. Palpitations-y. Another unsung hero in the movie is the uh, delightful Christmas score. There's a lot of good Christmas, like, undertones score they, music. They reworked, um, I want to say it was Winter Wonderland at one point, but I remember because I, I could follow the melody of it, but they slowed it down, and they were trying to make it like it was scary, creepy music somehow, because it was like Carl was going to find Bruce Willis and kill him, but I recognized it, and I was like, isn't that Winter Wonderland? <laughs> And I, I, I had forgotten about this, but I just looked on the box. The director of photography for Die Hard, Jan de Bot. Does that name sound familiar? Say it again. Jan de Bot. Sounds like the last name sounds a little familiar. Director of Speed. Oh. There you go. There's the Die Hard Speed connection. Everything comes into focus. So, spoiler warning, everyone's just seen Die Hard. This is stupid, but... <laughs> Thanks, Justin. Did you think that Alan Rickman, did he have a good send-off? Was it a good ending to the movie? He had, like, the... 
the, he got pushed out the building. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah, a pretty yeah. famous shot. You see that a lot? Yeah. He's like, Whoa. Yeah, because it just wouldn't have been the same to be shot up or something like that, you know. I mean, you have a high-rise building. You gotta use it. The villain, the major villain has to be pushed off, you know? Yeah, because if the, if the only, because I say shot him up, because really that's the only alternative, other than drowning him in the men's room sink. Um. <laughs> <laughs> the men's room sink. <laughs> what? Thinking of ways you could have killed him in that building. Everyone had guns, so that's the most likely one. So it's either A, get shot, B, get pushed off, or C, get drowned in the men's room sink. Yeah! <laughs> Okay. That's really the only other option they had. I think there were other options, but like okay. Like what? what? What could you have done? You could have... Poisoned the fruitcake at the party and you force-feed it to him? Yes. We found some Drano in the janitor's closet and we dipped the fruitcake in it. Now eat it! The, the one thing about this movie, even as a kid, that I was very... Um, flabbergasted by was um the the nordic looking guy with the long blonde hair he was like the second in charge carl he got hung up by like the chain and you're like oh okay but then he comes back at the end yeah how did that happen um he held his breath and played dead (laughs) he's like (laughs) (laughs) he's like i've got a master plan and this involves it can happen. It happened in that other movie we watched where um, it was Winona Ryder did it in Heathers. There you go. Carl and Winona Ryder's character in Heathers. <laughs> Thinking minds. Same. I thought about that when I was a kid. Whenever I saw somebody hang themselves, and I'm doing air quotes because, you know, they ended up being fine. I was not wanted to try this it. This is a chain. But this I is, always this wondered. This isn't like a, 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 a tie or, right, a, you know, or a soft a rope or something. But I always wonder, I'm like, if I were to try that, would I live? Don't, but I was too scared. Don't, so I didn't. Don't, no. I was a kid. Like an Harold and Maude, he, he faked his... Yeah! Thing. All the time! There you go. Yeah, exactly. They got really used to it. Um, but back to Die Hard. <laughs> no, so yeah, Alan Rickman's send-off. Um, I agree with you. When you have a, you know, a building of that size and stature, you really got to use it for that purpose of pushing somebody off. Yeah, he's, he's not coming back from that like Carl. No. No, not really. But what if it would have shot him up? Would it, would it have had the same sort of, like, yeah! appeal? I don't think so. No. Because it's just like, oh, he's done. Exactly. Like, when somebody's falling, there is a few seconds where they haven't yet hit the ground, and you see the fear, and it's like, <gasps> But But this, his was in slow motion, so you saw his fear, so fear in slow motion. extended that out for a while, yeah. <gasps> yeah that was a good moment. That, that and when uh, Bruce Willis jumped off the roof, right, as it, it's blowing up, that was iconic. Oh, yeah. That was pretty good, too. He had re- reflexes like a cat. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he killed like 20 dudes. He dispatched the ball. Oh, oh, oh. And then Carl Winslow comes back to the end, saves the day. Carl comes out. Carl Winslow's yeah, like, bang, bang. Bam. Done and done. And then Urkel comes out and he's like, did I do that? <laughs> no, he didn't say that? No. Okay. Although I think I said that to you on the couch. You did? I did. Didn't you hear me? I was oh. I was marveling in the brilliance of Die Hard. Pretty sure that that's what I said to you. We had it turned up way loud because it's one of those movies. It's true, and I needed to stay awake. You, what you did stay awake? There you go. Amazing but true. Die Hard. That's how. That's what it took. 
But it wasn't even like it, it, that I didn't enjoy the movie or in movies in general, and that's why I have a hard time. I don't know what it is. It's like a sedative for me. You put on any movie, and I'm like, and I'm falling asleep now. So I literally had to, like, keep my eyes open by making them really big and Disney-like, but also with a dash of Hashimoto's disease. And that was the only way I could keep my eyes open. I'm looking at you right now with that face. That face. Okay. Is it creepy? Yes. Am I creeping you out? Stop. Should I push you off the building? We're only on the first floor. No. We're above the lobby, and then we're also above the parking garage. It would still hurt. It would hurt. Please don't do it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Origami. Uh, Origami. What, what was the real name of the building so I know? Um, Naka, Nakatomi, Nakatori, Takatomi. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sick. Oh, oh, baby. <laughs> Sorry. Hopefully I'll be, you know, on the up and up next week. Hopefully we can finally watch Black Swan. I mean, hell, Ugh. we've been trying to for a while. I mean, I've already seen it once and I, I really want you to see it, but. I'm dying to see it. You're dying to see I it. I love a good ballet movie. jump off a knock, uh, origami plaza building to see it. Is there a crash pad? But we have like 40,000 screeners over here we have to watch too. So. That wasn't at all an exaggeration. We Ugh. really do have 40,000. Like drowning in screeners. We have we have screeners from like three years ago that we never opened and never got to actually see. Like W. That's the one I was saying earlier. I was like, oh, we never watched W. We still have that somewhere. I don't know where. Oh, well. Well, I'm glad you finally saw Die Hard. Yay. Thank you, Justin. So you're saying you would have a little interest in seeing two? Yeah, again. Just because it has such a good title. Yes. Again, there are a few movies I feel like we should see before, but yes. There's thousands of movies on our list. Holy cow. By the way, total aside, Mm -hmm. our dog is really cute, Maggie. It is true. She she has put her head under my arm and is resting in on my thigh. Oh, and now there's a paw involved. And she's just really cute. That's it? It's because it's dinner time. Oh, that. No, she just loves me. (laughs) And it's dinner time. You shut up. Okay. Maggie loves me, right? Do you love me, Maggie? All right. Well. <laughs> Thanks for uh, listening, everybody. Um, if you have a suggestion, as always, please send it to us. You can reach us on Twitter. Justin's is Justin Winters. I am Chris Care, I-S Winters, all one word. His website's Do Man Fat, P-H-A-T, and mine is fetching and fetching.blogspot.com. That's it. That's the end. Why are you laughing at me, Justin? <laughs> because my blog is ridiculously long titled. No. What? I think you're funny. Hmm. I think you're delightful. I think he's thinking I'm delightful at my own expense. Oh, well. Whatever. Thanks for listening, guys. We love you. Maggie loves you, too. She's trying to call the keyboard. Bye. Bye.